1: Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Perfetti is a Winnipeg Jet, and he will be joined by Paul Stastny. Welcome to another episode of the Jet Jets Grit Per 60 podcast. My name is Connor Farrell, and I am joined from the other side of the
0: house. Hey everyone, uh, I'm Brendan Farrell, also known as TCJ. How are you? you ask them like they're going to answer they can't hear we can't i was i was asking you but that's fine oh
1: well okay then clearly i've had too much scotch so i'm gonna drink some more um (laughs) so yeah so we're recording this after the draft um free agency um is happening as we speak although i think most of the big moves have already happened i think really all we're waiting for is petrangelo
0: Petrangelo and Taylor Hall are the two. And maybe
1: where, wherever Flurry ends up, if Vegas can open up some cap space, that's the other and thing the, I, think. And the, I think that's the like the big domino that we're waiting to to fall to see where everybody
0: else goes. Well, also the remaining, I don't know, three million goalies. Yeah, but
1: like most of them are definitely like backup goalies.
0: Yeah, I know. But it just seemed like right around twelve thirty Eastern here. Like all of a sudden, five goalies had different contracts, and I'm still trying to figure yeah. out who's playing for whom now.
1: So so wait. Did the goalies in Alberta change?
0: Yeah, I think so. But th- this time, they got uh, British Columbia involved.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, yeah,
0: because Markstrom is now in Calgary. And oh, Calgary let go of Cam Talbot, who's now in Minnesota. Oh, so now there's four teams involved. I thought Edmonton signed someone today too, and I can't remember who it is. Yeah. It's it's been kind of a crazy day.
1: Going off the Nope. Copyrighted.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah.
1: Okay, but let we'll, so let's let's start from the beginning.
0: Tuesday was what? So on Tuesday, NHL draft day one, because day two was a forever and a half.
1: Yep. Well, day one lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to, to be honest. But, Uh, uh, yeah, so so 10th overall
0: pick. Back Back it up.
1: Okay. Lafreniere gets picked first overall.
0: Okay, no surprise.
1: Byfield gets picked second overall.
0: Mm -hmm. Keep going.
1: Stutzla third, I think. Yep. This is off the top of my head. Uh, I get lost from that point. (laughs) <laughs> Somebody was picked fourth, and then Sanderson was reached yeah. for five.
0: Lucas Raymond was four. Lucas Raymond, yeah, yeah. And then Sanderson Raymond, after...
1: or is it? Like, I don't, I don't know. Was it like the Senators Uber video where they <laughs> they go? I forget what
0: his first name is, but they were teasing Raymond. Yeah. Um. And then I think you had oh, I don't I don't remember the word So the first reach there. So that's
1: actually a, a very big point. There is sanderson going fifth
0: right yeah because remember we were talking about him maybe being at like 10 and that maybe that being a reach
1: yeah and he goes five to the senators because wild
0: senators all right we're talking about the senators not the wild yeah sorry that was a Um, lame joke
1: the ducks picked a defenseman as well after that
0: yeah they took uh jamie drysdale holtz goes at seven holtz goes at jack quinn goes at eight and okay
1: so that's another big point. Jack Quinn going at eight. Yeah, that, that was Quinn the other going big reach. at a. huge reach. So we've got two big reaches here. Jack Quinn at eight and Sanderson at five. And what that means, what's why that's important to us is because those were both players that we thought might fall to the Jets at 10. Jack Quinn, we spent a lot of time talking about Jack Quinn on that last episode on the last episode. And he goes at eight. So when Jack Quinn goes at eight. There are two players left on the board. When Jack Quinn goes at eight, I'm looking, okay, I thought that might be nice for the Jets to take Jack Quinn. But then I'm looking, and I realized when he went, the Jets were either going to get Anton Lindell, who was going to be our favorite right on the podcast. I think both of you and I agreed Anton Lindell fits the team really well.
0: Yeah, we could continue to be Finnipeg.
1: Or Cole Perfetti,
0: who was I don't think we were expecting to fall all the way to 10. Well, also, right before Minnesota broke my heart, Marco Rossi was was at 9. Like the I was I got my oh, little right. stuff Marco on that. Rossi. Yes, Marco
1: Rossi was at 9. And Marco Rossi was huge because well, he's 5-9, so he's not that huge. That was a center that you could put in your NHL lineup and could fill in role for the Jets this season.
0: I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I'm I'm bad at projecting players, but yeah, I mean he'd definitely be in camp fighting for a role.
1: And I'm not saying Cole Perfetti won't be fighting for a role, but he's not going to fill necessarily that hole that the Jets need to fill if they're going to be playoff competitors like they want to be
0: this season. I just want to say first of all, there's a when I we were going back and forth with Neil like before when I was going back and forth with Neil before the pod. Before uh, our last one, you know, he asked me like what prospects we should talk about. It didn't even cross my mind to talk about Cole Perfetti because I was like, there's no right. way he falls to 10. And somehow he right. fell to 10. Like, I was also on, uh, or I was a part of some sort of mock draft with a bunch of other podcasts. And, uh, and I was picking for the Jets. And then somehow, like, I was looking at the guys left. And I was like, how on earth did Cole Perfetti fall to 10? Like, there's no way that happens in real life. Did
1: your I, mock draft predict Cole Perfetti falling to 10?
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, Chevy and Whoa. I are on, the, are, are on the same page.
1: Yeah. So, and I guess to restate what I was trying to say before, when Jack Quinn goes at eight, I realized they were either going to get Marco Rossi, who's more or less
0: NHL ready from what I've heard.
1: Or they were going to get Cole Perfetti, who was projected
0: top five. Yeah, I was just like, you, you can't screw that up. Like,
1: Yeah, it, and that's kind of what we were talking about on the last episode is they, you know, let the teams ahead of them make mistakes and pick pick whoever they don't want because you'll get a good player.
0: Cole Perfetti was even, like the, the dream. Yeah. Not only that, like not only is he like a top five talent, he's also a center. Yes. That hockey gods have blessed us with a a top five talent level center. Yes. I don't know how to react to that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Cole Perfetti lit up the OHL with Saginaw. I mean, we're, we're talking 111 points in 61 games. That's insane. Yeah, it really is. You know, Talents like that don't pop game. up too often. Yeah, I mean... It's like, what, one and a half points a game or something like that?
1: Yeah. 1.6 or something?
0: The uh, I'm looking at uh, Dauber's Dobber Sports' NHL equivalence calculator. That would be the equivalent to 48 NHL points. Yeah. Draft year.
1: What is he's, oh. Yeah. So is that saying if he was playing in the NHL... Now he could put up 40 points. I
0: guess. I mean, it, it's just, I, I it just it, it's just, just be- a way to, at least it's, like, it's just a way to normalize. Yeah. I like so. scoring across different leagues.
1: I, I guess the thing with that is in the NHL, if he, if, he make, if he makes the team this season, he's not going to get the same minutes that he would in juniors. Right, because in juniors he's the guy on the team, he's going to get the top minutes. In the NHL, he's going to get, if he plays in the NHL, third line, fourth line minutes, correct?
0: I mean, yeah, but although I assume if he's if if he's playing third line minutes, I would rather just send him back to the, the juniors. NHL. Well, he can't play NHL; he's not a, old enough. Third line, I wouldn't mind.
1: It's fourth line. If he's getting if he's getting the Sammy Neku treatment.
0: But, like, I was going to say the good thing, though, is that, and I guess we'll get to this in a second, is that with with Stastny, Lowry, and Kopp, like, the Jets are fine for this year at center. Mm. So there's no need to rush for Fetty.
1: No. No, no, no.
0: But that is the thing, though, is that the Jets, like, if this works out, like, not only do the Jets have their second line center of the future, they could have a 1A, 1B situation.
1: Are you thinking with with Wheeler? Wheeler Perfetti?
0: I, I was saying Shifley Perfetti. Oh, okay. Oh, that's
1: that makes a are, lot are more sense. Are okay?
0: you okay? You might want to put the scotch down. Um, Just fine. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't see how that first round could have gone any better for the Jets unless yeah. it was well, if they, Marco if Rossi. Marco but, Rossi.
1: But even then, wouldn't like there's a reason that Perfetti was projected in the top five and Rossi was projected at like nine, right? Yeah. Like, even then, is is Rossi really an upgrade over Perfetti? And uh, the answer to that question is we don't know yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there are a lot of unknowns, especially because we're still talking about like a guy who's only eighteen Eight. still. He yeah, turns 18. he turns nineteen in January.
1: And you so. know what? I. I would like to just point this out. Talking about age just reminded me that, you know, one of the big storylines for the Jets is trading away line. A line is 22, right? 22, 23. Right. Something like that.
0: Yeah. Line is not old.
1: No. And he's going to make like bank. He's going to make money. He's going to make money that you would normally see from guys who reach UFA at, 26 or something like that, right? Well, is
0: only in RFA at the end of next season. Well, that's true. That's true. Line is 22, by the way. Yeah, that's what I said. But yeah, I mean, we're not we're not the biggest prospect people, so I don't think we'll nope. really go too far <laughs> into the other picks. We've got a lot yep. of other stuff to talk about, so we will save it for and another day.
1: To I, I do, do want to reiterate something that I mentioned in the lab. Well, first, I've got two points left to make on this. The first is... We should absolutely not see Perfetti as an answer to the Jets' center-depth problems for this season or even next season. I think the idea of uh, filling that 2C role from this year's draft was ambitious at best, unless you get someone like Marco Rossi and it turns out he's better than you thought he was. Right. But,
0: but I mean, especially with centers. I mean, you can draft him as Senators and you can turn them into wingers later. But like like I've mentioned previously,
1: he does fill a need still because who are the Jets' top prospects that could yeah. make the team? Well, I mean,
0: yeah, they're all defensemen.
1: All defensemen or Veselainen, who's a winger.
0: Yeah. Uh, to me, they filled a need and they didn't reach. They, they filled a need while picking the best player available, who what should not have opp- been there anyway.
1: What is the opposite of reaching?
0: Staying within grasp. I don't know. Stealing. (laughs) Stealing. There you go. It's a stealing.
1: Okay. Yeah. They they stole a draft pick from I guess the Senators because the Senators was reached on Sanderson or whoever reached on Quinn.
0: Well, I mean, it was also. I mean, it's the process, right? That's one of the most important things. The process, Uh, right? Like the draft is a lottery, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But if your process is good. You have better odds than everybody else, right? Oh, so shit, like, it's like if, if you're if you're picking on, on on talent in production rather than like falling in love with a, a guy's size or height or you know
1: at at Paul Fenton.
0: Yeah, yeah. You mean like lizard people or uh, at,
1: at the Rangers in the first round, apparently.
0: Yeah, not the Sharks though. The Sharks took like all forwards and like most of them were under six feet. <laughs> I think Scott Wheeler had the Sharks as a draft loser, though. No, I don't think. I don't think so. I think he had them like winner or like overtime winner. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, then we read two different articles.
0: But yeah, I thought, you know, with with four picks, like it's always going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. But everything considered, like this went well. I mean, it's going to be remembered as the yeah. Cole Perfetti draft either way. <laughs> but I thought they did really well. Hope,
1: hopefully. This isn't known as the Culper Fetty draft in the same way the Oilers remember the, um, the Nail Yakupov draft.
0: Yeah, that's if you ever have time, look back at the twenty twelve draft. That is a mess. It's an absolute mess. But yeah, like it seemed like other people were pretty positive on the Jets draft. Like obviously, yeah. like no one's gonna be like, man, the Jets killed it when they had like four picks. Right, but generally, I, I, from what I've seen, people have been like they did about as well as you can, all things considered.
1: And and now again, I would like to reiterate. No matter who they picked, whether it was Perfetti or Rossi, you know, we can speculate in in a few years. Well, they, you know, it would have been better if Rossi had fell to them, or it would have been better if uh, they got Anton Lundell. Right, but I would argue that. Those futures for those individual players are very much shaped by the team that they
0: are drafted. Yeah, yeah, I would agree.
1: So I even then I wouldn't say it's fair to say, well, they should have gotten X or they should have gotten Y. You know, when we look back in a few years, because ultimately how they benefit from Cole Perfetti depends on how they develop Cole Perfetti.
0: I mean, and the Jets are really good at developing homegrown talent, so I'm not really yeah. uh, too To No, I'm not sweating it. That. I'm not sweating it.
1: Although I will say it, it looks like they've had a lot of success with wingers, and I guess Shifley would be the one success with centers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I mean, when you're not a big free agency destination, you kind of have to be good at you know, at talent evaluation and development. I,
1: I would rather be a good drafting development team than I would a free agent.
0: Oh yeah because I mean draft deals are amazing. Although
1: getting the Broadway bump wouldn't be a bad gig. Or the the tax haven bump wouldn't be too bad either.
0: All right, so I feel like that's a good stopping point, I feel, good segue point. So we're going to we're going to pause for a message from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. They ensure every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all of their products. If you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, they have what you need to support your team. If you take our word for it, then go to www.coolhockey.com THPN and use our promo code THPN for 30% off. All right, and we're back. So we are, again, we're recording this on Friday. So unless something crazy has happened and the Jets have like somehow gotten rid of a contract or something and have signed uh, Alex Petrangelo and saved the hockey world from Vegas, we're we're just going to kind of assume that like the I'm jets assume, are pretty much done with their free agency for for now.
1: You know, this is not how I'm going to describe it on the podcast, but I would be I'm going to s- assume that the jets shake things up immediately after we finished recording. Immediately after we finished recording or at the very least between now and when the podcast comes out because the way the lineup looks right now, particularly on defense, this cannot be the team that you say, "Yeah, we are go- here because we want to compete now." The Jets want to compete right now. This lineup that they've got cannot compete right now—at least not for a cup.
0: I don't know. I'm, lo- I'm, a little, I'm a little, I'm You're going to compete for a
1: cup on on. They gotta shake something up here. Yeah, but I, they I can I, make I... the playoffs with this roster. They can't win a cup with this roster.
0: Well, right. It's gonna be this year defensively is more of a of a retool with with the defense rather than like last year where it was anybody who can play and is willing to play for the Winnipeg Jets, we will take. Right.
1: Are are you playing to win now?
0: I think so. I mean you wouldn't go out you wouldn't go out and acquire Paul Stastny and his contract like that. Then you're if confused. you weren't trying to win now. If you're playing to win now, you're playing to win cups. Plus, like, you can always acquire a defenseman uh, at the deadline, too, if you're within, you know, playoff contention. This is fair. So let's let's start off with how the Jets started off the day. And that was acquiring Paul Stastny from the Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome back. Um, So yeah, so... The the Jets kind of for the second time this year the Jets bailed out Vegas, but this time they actually acquired a helpful player in Paul Stastny. So they, they acquired Paul Stastny and his six and a half million dollar contract for the, this year and this year alone for Carl Dahlstrom, see ya, and a 2022 conditional fourth round pick. Just Not I mean bad. that's that's just that's just a, a pure like cap dump at least for Vegas. And then Winnipeg's like, yeah, we'll take your still good player. Have you heard what the condition is on that fourth round pick? I have not. Is it something really dumb? It it's smart, but it sounds really dumb. Is it like if Paul Stastny plays like more than 40 games or something? It's if Paul Stastny plays five games, five games. (laughs) So what they're
1: protecting themselves against there is, is is they're sending them to someone else. No, as if there's not a season, I think,
0: is the idea. There will be a season. Or if
1: something happens with the season.
0: That's such a weird condition. Five games. Anyway. (laughs) That's such a weird condition. It
1: is a weird condition, but welcome to 2020. We're 10 months in. Where have
0: you been? Anyway. So... Yeah, the answer to who is going to be the Jet second-line center is a guy who's been here before as the Jet second-line center. Yes. That was, that was kind of the theme of the day, is we're just going to bring the gang back together.
1: Well, okay, so is Paul Stastny the same player that he was when he left Winnipeg?
0: Not quite, but he's still pretty darn good, I and mean, he would still be the best option for them at, at the 2C role.
1: If this were any other team in the NHL, would he still be considered a top six talent?
0: Yeah, I would say so.
1: I think that's from this, from where the Jets are, that's all you can ask for. This part, like, right? this
0: is much better than second line center Cody Eakin.
1: <laughs> is Cody Eakin officially gone? I
0: mean, he's UFA this year.
1: I mean, the, all the, of the, the Jets don't have, have any happened. room. Okay.
0: All right. I mean, if they start moving salary for fucking Cody Egan, I'm gonna lose it.
1: (laughs) No, they've got they have too many other things
0: to move salary for. You say that, but (laughs) it's Cody Egan. But yeah, what
1: what are your thoughts? I mean, I this is a great move for the Jets. It totally fills a need. I understand Stastny's taken a step back, and he's probably not who he was. But he can still definitely be a second-line center. And I think I'm still more comfortable with him being a a second-line center for over the course of a season than I am um, Andrew Kopp, as good as Andrew Kopp is. And I I do do think, you know, we need to give him his his credit. Andrew Kopp is good. Um, I I think I'm much more comfortable with Stastny at second-line center. Now, we'll see see how that goes. Um, I'm trying to think of... I don't know who he's played the most of when he was with Winnipeg before or played the most with when he was with Pen- Winnipeg before. Um,
0: so that'll be interesting.
1: I thought I saw a tweet with him and Ellers and Laine,
0: which. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sign me up for that. I will. I have so much time for that line. Well, that will, that's basically like the line you would need for Laine, right? Like you, you need to put Laine with good play drivers. So, and you have that with Ellers and Stastny. And one of the things that sunk Stastny last year was that he didn't have um, a lot of. He, he kind of got sewered by shooting percentages last year. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing with Patrick Line, a, that's not going to be a problem. If you're playing with Line a and Ellers, Yeah. But more so Line, a, right? Like, that's this thing. Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to give up as many chances at both ends, or if not more. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> we're going to we're going to own the shooting percentage There's battle so it's not going to matter. We 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 feel pretty confident about just PD, PDOing net. the other team anyway.
1: Get pucks in deep. I guess the one thing about this line is I don't know if they this is going to be a line that's going to go to the dirty areas. Maybe Eller's,
0: let's say Stastny. Stastny. Stastny could do it.
1: All right.
0: I'm gonna. I, I see that line working out if that's what they get. Oh there. yeah.
1: If our top 6 is Kyle Connor, Shifley, Wheeler, and then Ehlers, Stastny, Line. That's a pretty good top six.
0: Yeah, like honestly, I'm really excited to see how Stastny shakes out because, like, if he does, like, that forward core could be nasty.
1: And then if, if we've got uh, Lowry, Kopp, and Roslovic on that third line, that's a pretty good third line. Yeah,
0: that was that was almost our second line last year, and we saw that worked out. You know, um, yeah. Looking, I'm looking at, uh Michael Blake McCurdy's game by game history from 2017-18 for Paul Stastny. Oh boy. he pretty much played exclusively with Line A and Ellers. Yeah. So I, I imagine that's pretty much what that I'm I'm thinking that's what they'll go with. And you remember, like. Stastny was supposed to re-sign in Winnipeg after 2018. He just so happened to be offered, I think, more money and more turn because Vegas. Vegas, baby. And it's hard to turn down Vegas as much as I hate them. And as much as I hate that the Jets kind of bailed out Vegas here again. And I will be especially mad if they use that money to sign Alex Petrangelo. But that's neither here nor there. Stastny's still a good player. Stastny clearly like, likes Winnipeg. I think this could really work.
1: What happens in Vegas does not always stay in Vegas.
0: And then you follow it up with Adam Lowry, who was... Really? I got the... nothing for that. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was too busy thinking. But like you think about it. Adam Lowry, who is the Jets' best player in the playoffs. Third line. Andrew Kopp, who's a really good middle six player third line. Hmm. I I don't see any reason to not be excited for the Jets forwards next year.
1: Jansen Harkins.
0: Jansen Harkins coming in. Yeah. Uh, I forget
1: who else is on that fourth line.
0: <laughs> Jack. I mean, Jack Roslevic. We kind of forgot about him.
1: He's on the third line, right? Yeah. I mean, that like, has
0: to play third line. Yeah. And then you, you have Mason Appleton on the fourth and oh, Perreault yeah. on the fourth, like, if, there's, if there's a lot of, of potential with that group. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of. The, I guess the, the thing with the Jets here is suddenly we've got a lot of uh, depth, but I don't know. As good as that top six is, I don't know outside of like. like is that top six elite enough? Yes. <laughs> to yes. To compete. Like, I still don't know. Until we see how Stastny plays now that he's a few years older with the Jets. Like I'm not I'm not here to doubt Ellers, I'm not here to doubt Line. A. I might be here to doubt um Shifley a little bit, Wheeler a little bit because they're older, right? Is there enough elite talent on that? Like very good, sure. But elite talent? Well can that top six stack up against the Avalanche?
0: You know, I would really like to see this team be like a run and gun team. I know they can't be because Paul Maurice sucks, but I would really like to see the t- this team just go all out and just be like all offense all the time. <laughs> Win games five four. Yeah, it'll be so much fun. But Every you got game Hellebuck is six, seven. You got Hellebuck. I mean, how much oh, worse? that's right. Yeah, how much worse could the could the Jets defense be than last year?
1: But okay. Are you banking on Hellebuck being a Vezina Trophy winner again?
0: I mean, I don't think you should ever bank on your goalie being that. But Connor Hellebuck over the last three years has been a very good goaltender.
1: Well, if you forget
0: about one season. Yeah, but even then, he wasn't like that bad. Well, he wasn't Martin Jones bad. <laughs>
1: okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, that, but at that point, the bar is on the floor.
0: Well, yeah. But I'm just saying, like... David there, Ayers is a better goalie than Martin Jones. There's a lot of offensive talent here for this team to just be fun. And I, I think that's something that... To at least keep an eye on. Like, I think this team could be a lot of fun. Whether oh, or not yeah. they're good, uh, that's another question. <laughs> but I, I think filling yeah. in that 2C role like that, they'll be fine. Yeah. At least offensively. So, um, so what...
1: What have the Jets done in this free agent period? Okay, actually, let me phrase it like this. I was a lot more excited to record this podcast a few hours ago. I am a lot less excited to record this podcast now.
0: Can we can we get through the, the positive signing first, or do you just want to... Okay, wanna... fine. Give me, the, give me the positive signing. Well, no, no you already talked about it. No, okay. I,
1: I mean, we can...
0: So one of the reasons I was
1: excited to record this podcast was the Jets re-signed Dylan DeMello to a fairly reasonable contract. About I mean, what I thought he would get, but reasonable.
0: Yeah, I still have my concerns that, like, I still don't like Dylan DeMello as your top-pairing defenseman. I mean, he's a good defenseman and all, but, like, don't know about that one, Chief.
1: I don't, I don't like DeMello or Morrissey as a top-pairing defenseman.
0: But also, like.
1: Which is why Shevoldayov should try to go after Petrangelo. But we don't have any
0: money. <laughs> we'll make it fit. But, I mean, Dylan DeMello last year was probably the Jets' best defenseman. <laughs> I know it's a small sample size, but, I mean, there's a clear difference between Morrissey. Or the, the Morrissey Pullman pair and the Morrissey Dylan DeMello oh pair.
1: Did they bring Pullman back?
0: Yeah. I mean, they didn't <sighs> bring him back. I mean, he's, he was already under contract. He's under contract.
1: Can we stuff him in Manitoba? Well, I guess you've, only got, in you've only got
0: another year on him.
1: Can, but can he just play with the Moose? No. The Moose. No. He has to play with the Jets?
0: No, he has to play over in EQ. Listen, if you have Neil Pionk in the lineup, no, can't have two offensive defensemen on the right side. Can't happen. I want to (laughs) yell. But, yeah, I mean, given the Jets' situation, that was probably going to be the Jets' best move to help the defense outside of, you know, trading Patrick Lining. And I'm not I'm not saying that trading Line A isn't off the table still. I mean there's still plenty of time this offseason to do something like that. But there were there were a lot of steps taken today. Basically, like re signing DeMelo and uh trading for Stasney kind of sold me on them not trading Line A, right? Because like the whole point of trading Line A. You mean you mean signing Stastny? No, they traded for Stastny. Oh, they did trade for. You got to put the scotch down, man.
1: I'm out of scotch.
0: But but I was gonna say the, the whole point of trading no Line
1: more A scotch for me to drink.
0: I was saying the whole point of trading Line A was to fix the holes defensively, right? Or at the second but line. Stastny center. doesn't
1: fix, Stastny doesn't fix that hole. Yeah, he does. You fixed the center. I mean, well, but yeah. You still have a big gap in defense. How are you going to fix that? I'm just saying there are no more free agent targets to go after. I'm you just, have to trade somebody.
0: I'm just saying that to me, that it seems like the Jets are pretty satisfied with their defense right now. No. Okay. Look. It's difficult because one, a whole lot, of, it's hard to get people to sign in Winnipeg for a lot of reasons. Um, but two, you also have a young defensemen in, in the system that you don't want to block. Correct. And people want term, so it's been kind of hard to play Hanala and Sandberg if there are no spots available.
1: Which is why you don't bring back Spezza. Sabiza.
0: Spezza's only there for a year, though. But you can play these guys this year. I don't know if they want to rush Sandberg or Hanola, really.
1: But Hanola can play?
0: I don't know. I just kind of decided that I wasn't going to get fired up over whatever dumb depth signings that the Jets were going to make unless they gave them term. And they didn't give them term, so I'm kind of okay with it.
1: That's fine. That's fair. That's fine. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. I... You know, Sabisa is a guy. He's a whatever guy, right? He's bad, actively bad.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Sabisa's is there to be the 7th I'd rather
1: now. be bad with guys that can get better.
0: Right, but you and, also don't want to rush guys.
1: But we saw last season, and I think he played nine games. Hainala fit. Hainala was an NHL talent last season. I know nine games is a small sample size. But in those nine games, he showed more to me than anything Sabiza did in 30 games or whatever, however the fuck long he played in Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't like the Sabiza signing either. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong.
1: I I don't want Sabiza blocking guys. That's what I'm worried about.
0: I don't think he will. I think he's there to just be your seventh D-man. And if one of the young guys is struggling, he'll play his, what, 10, 15 minutes?
1: Okay, then what's Bolyu
0: doing? I mean, Bolyu is there to be another depth guy. I How mean, but Bolyu is actually a guy who will play. Bolyu is fine. Beaulieu's as a, a bottom-pairing defenseman, Beaulieu is fine.
1: Ideally, I think Beaulieu is a seventh defenseman.
0: I think Beaulieu is fine on the bottom pairing. That's fine. But then again, he might be pressed into action into the second pairing, which that might not be great. Brennan... Yes.
1: It might be too worked up over nothing.
0: Yes. I mean, look, is the Jets defense good at this point? No, it's still not. No. But I feel like there's at least a little bit better balance right now. If that makes any sense. I guess I just feel more positive about this team because I really like that Stastny trade. And the yeah, Jets didn't the do anything. Trade is good. The Jets didn't do anything stupid in giving some guy who sucks term yeah he's only gonna be here for a year um i think boy is going to be here for two years at that point like at that point the defense is going to be sandberg and Hanlon, hopefully
1: if they play if they get NHL time this season
0: they will play and especially if they're ready i think you're until we see the way that they're used i think you're getting a little too worked up
1: I I saw how they used the young guys last season. And I saw Niku play eight minutes a night.
0: Yeah, Niku gets screwed, but he's also like his results on ice were not not great great. either.
1: Not been great. I'll give you that. I, I don't have a lot of trust in Paul Maurice to play the young kids.
0: That is fair. I think he's. I. I, I mean, don't. I'm blame not going to say
1: he's. I mean, he might not be a great coach, um. But I don't think last season he he had a lot going with him. Um. But I. The one thing that I I think that it was clear was he does not trust the young players.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I was kind of surprised that Paul Maurice didn't get more. Uh, shoot. What is that? What was the name of that curse trophy? Uh, Jack Adams. Oh, uh, I was surprised you didn't get more Jack Adams uh, hype because it seemed like he fit like all the narratives.
1: So, is Bruce Castor getting fired before the end of next season?
0: No. Do it, it one Adams? more. Give it one more. Oh, hey, that's another award that they just sorted by points. No, Sorry. I had to.
1: Should have gone to AV, but whatever.
0: Yeah. So, the Jets re signed Demelo. they re signed Beaulieu, and they re signed spisa for some reason gosh yeah i mean but you also have to have a backup plan and i know that is a terrible backup plan but, but you have to have a backup plan in case heinela and sandberg aren't ready or there are you're injuries right. or both you're right
1: but i just i look at this defense and i go how are they going to compete now with this defense yeah because I mean to me, like, when you say you're competing now you want to win a cup right yeah they can't do that with this blue line even
0: if handle is ready I don't I mean I don't really know how else to respond to that yeah I still have doubts about the Jets defense but it, I have my fingers crossed that it won't be as bad next year and I think with actual centers it might help might help a lot maybe So, we're going to go into one last note because we've been kind of going on for a bit here. Basically, doctors suggested to Brian Little that he not, that he shouldn't play this year. Which is uh, unfortunate. Yeah.
1: Uh, Prayers for a speedy recovery for Brian Little. I know that was always going to be a question mark coming into this season. I didn't really expect them to rule him out of the season completely um, at this point. So, we'll you know, hopefully he gets gets better, and we see him, you know, at some point. But that, I mean, that does open up some some cap space for, you know, when they put him on long term IR. It's not, you know, as long as he's out for the season, they can operate without having to worry about filling that that cap space, or they can operate without worrying that that cap space might come into play.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Jets basically had to figure out what they were doing on mm-hmm. that front. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, prayers for a speedy recovery on that. But yeah, so any, anything else you got, C? Uh, just a
1: congratulations to our fantastic producer, Vinny Milani. He's getting married this weekend, and by the time you are listening, he will be married so, Vinny, I don't know if you're listening to this or not because we're not sending you this to um, produce it, but congratulations.
0: Yeah, congrats, bud. But, yeah, so overall thoughts. Today was a – or this week was a, was a okay, good week. This was a
1: good week. I got worked up. Like,
0: you, you, like I feel like this was a solid B-plus week at least.
1: Yes, definitely net positive.
0: Like, the defense Jets
1: are better today than they were – when the
0: last episode came out. Like, defense is still a concern, obviously. And yes. for good reason. But we got some young guys. Maybe they can win jobs this year. And the forward core looks really good. I Maybe I'm just yeah. way too high on Stastny. But maybe a little it's bit. better than any of the options that they had last year at the second-line center position. And he'll, he'll be the best second-line center they had since... He was there. Yeah. But all right. So you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. At gripper 60 pod You can follow me on Twitter at bfarell727 and Connor on Twitter at TC underscore 904. And don't forget to follow all of our friends here at the hockey podcast network. And yeah, that's gonna be all from us. So Thank you for listening, and have a good one.
2: Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Schwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Up. An- Anthony Anthony Schwander. It's it's N E U E N, it's Neuen Schfander. Anthony Neuen Schwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. You took it for two years? Oh no, J Do yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German two. Oh you you only, you only took it in, in uh junior high. You didn't take it yeah. in high school at all no yeah she sent us across the hallway and it was like me and i don't know five other people and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class <laughs> no uh, we were in terrible, terrible class a couple people were terrible people i'm uh, not gonna you. mention names Not i to call anybody in this pod it chase Crawshaw. it was 100 <laughs> percent not me Oh boy, I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network.